Hi everyone, Sainman here. This video is brought to you by a donation from Mr. Anonymous, and he wants me to cover an article called What Fragile Masculinity Looks Like at Work. The article shows research explaining why men are more likely to engage in so-called harmful behaviors when our gender identity is being questioned at work. Of course, men are more likely to act out while women are more afraid of social consequences. Men are less driven to care about what others think, and we're on average less agreeable than women are. That's nothing new. If you call a woman a lesbian, she's not going to care or show you what she cares as much as a straight man that's called gay. Usually it's only the men that have done the work to know who they really are and accept themselves regardless of what other people say to them that do it the best. The article delves specifically on how men react when their masculinity is threatened in the workplace. The article asks what organizations can do to reduce threats against men's masculinity at work. Not because they want to help men, but because they want to reduce the harm caused to everyone else. I women. I guess you only help men when it also helps women. They did a study with 500 working adults in the United States and China, and found that when men's masculinity was called into question, they would withhold help, steal company property, and lie for personal gain. Men are threatened by the potential of things like Me Too, and being called toxic cisgendered males. So they decided to go their own way from women at work. Where? Who's gonna help me with my work? Why are men withholding their mentoring services? I can't get through the glass ceiling as a strong, independent woman without a man. Wah! The article tries to figure out why women don't act the same way as men do. I can explain it. It's because only 40% of men are agreeable when compared to 60% of women. Women get upset too, but they just go home and cuddle up with their cat and medicate themselves into oblivion. But the article says it has to do with men feeling a lack of autonomy when experiencing a masculinity threat. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Men, myself included, don't like being told what to do. We get grumpy when people ask us to do things in the way they want us to get things done. Men are like cats, it's impossible to hurt us, and when you do it successfully, we aren't happy. The article also says that women are more communal, and I tend to agree. So men associate threats to their masculinity with threats to their autonomy. We attempt to reassert our sense of autonomy by cheating, stealing, breaking rules, being passive-aggressive, and of course, most importantly for women, withholding help to them. The article says that employers need to acknowledge fragile masculinity. I don't know about you, but telling guys their masculinity is fragile kind of undermines it. You're just pointing it out even more. How about just shutting up about it and letting men finish their work in peace? But women in the workplace like drama. So saying that they want to help men is just stirring the pots. Their plausible deniability is that men need to recognize and break free from this toxic pattern. No doubt to go back to helping women in the workplace because Me Too messed things up too much. I'll discuss more in a moment, but let me first tell everyone about today's sponsor, the MGTOW Book Collection Part 2. Whether you're getting camel toe in Cambodia, banging babes and burkas in Turkey, or taking Polaroids of ladyboys in Thailand, Luca Vendetti has a series of books to make you live the dream. His new three booklet series includes How to Live on $500 a Month in Cambodia, Turkey, and Vietnam. In addition to his classic, How to Retire on 200k in Southeast Asia. He also has the MGTOW book. Visit MGTOWbooks.com and use the promo code SANDMAN to get 10% off. Now available in four formats. PDF, Mobi for Kindle, EPUB, and Text-to-Speech MP3. Sponsor link is down below. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co. Anyways, now back to let's secretly insult men by calling their masculinity fragile or pretending to care clown world show. The article says that HR managers, mostly female I guess, need to educate everyone at work about fragile toxic men. So that's point number one. Point it out. Point number two is embrace healthy masculinity. The article says this and I quote, If a male employee feels uncomfortable engaging in work tasks that feel feminine, there's nothing wrong with him doing a bit of job crafting in order to build a role that's a better fit if that itch isn't getting scratched through their work, unquote. So basically they're saying it's up to the man to accept doing demeaning work and that he should just go out and get a fulfilling hobby on the side. How about he just leave his job for a better one? That's what men are doing. If they're being emasculated in a co-ed working environment, they're moving into those that are mostly male again. You end up getting a brain drain of competent males that start their own small businesses instead of dealing with those sorts of crazy office politics. Women are in damage control mode. They want men to stay and do their work, which is mentioned multiple times in this article. The fourth time they say it, they want men to be civil, fair, gentle, nurturing, and collaborative. Those last two words to me mean help women with their work, while taking on the bulk of the workload in a team environment. It sucks, ladies, when men start avoiding you at work and only doing their own workload, doesn't it? The third point is to start dismantling toxic structures. It says that organizations that reward individual victories over collaborative team ones feed into toxic masculinity. Most guys don't want to work in a team and want to be rewarded for their personal achievements. Instead of working in a team, doing the majority of the work, and then being forced to share credit for the job with women that didn't do nearly as much. The article is saying that male competition by its very nature is toxic. That's like saying that female cooperation is an example of toxic femininity, and taking credit for the work of others is parasitism. The article finally starts to make some sense by saying that to stop the cycle, we need to make it easier for employees to be more autonomous by choosing where and when they want to work. Of course, this completely contradicts the narrative of collaboration that was being pushed heavily through the rest of the article. Lastly, the article says that managers and leaders need to focus on specific problematic behaviors, like bullying and aggression, instead of using terms like toxic masculinity, which the article also acknowledges makes men feel that their masculinity is being threatened. Hence why I think the term is there just to stir up drama because women are bored at work. They get their drama, but in turn, the men stop helping them, and they want things both ways. The ability to get help destroy a guy's life through Me Too as well as calling him toxic and putting him down. The article says that people should express their true authentic selves. Of course, funny enough, that doesn't include men, it seems. Yet they seem to want men to think it does. The article ends by saying that even though toxic masculinity is a male thing, there are some women that exhibit similar patterns of behavior. Of course they do. They're less agreeable, and as I said earlier, men don't have a monopoly when it comes to not being agreeable. The rest of the article is just a bunch of feel-good mumbo-jumbo. What if someone wrote an article about women's fragile femininity and what we can do about it? You really think that women wouldn't get offended by that? At least the disagreeable ones would, and they would start acting out in more passive-aggressive ways. Men that read this article or have to go through training at work about their behavior with regards to acting out are just going to act out even more. You're not going to make men go against their nature and figure out a way to make them behave after they've been emotionally abused by women in the workplace. You can't get men to participate if there's no incentive for them. With mentoring women comes great risk to men, and men do a cock-benefit analysis and figure out that helping a woman means they risk their careers and they waste their time. What benefit did they get besides female validation? None. So increasingly, they don't take that risk. 
Just look at what happened with all the diversity and inclusion jobs getting hit hard in the big tech industries. It's the so-called toxic men that get things done that'll end up keeping their jobs. And people that write articles like this one will probably lose them to ChatGPT. Companies are saying they need to focus on profits and their critical departments. Something tells me that sensitivity training for men is about to no longer be a priority. We have lived through an interesting period of time where big tech companies didn't have much competition and where much of their stock prices were going up to the moon. So they could hire all the women they wanted and give in to their demands. But now with greater competition in a market this fixed, which is something that men typically do, many of these share prices have to moderate and will be more realistically priced. And they won't just be able to hire wokesters just because they have a pulse. It seems that diversity, equity, and inclusion are things that only exist when times are good. A LinkedIn article said that if those things go, then companies will lose out on talent. Really? Women and wokesters that are nearly as productive as many of the toxic competitive males in their firms. The woke are about to go away because of more competitive job markets, and because of AI doing more of the work. Since 1997, with a couple of minor hiccups in the years 2000, 2008, and 2020, big tech has seemingly grown with no limits. But the limits are here because the majority of the world is now on their phones. So as big tech companies become more competitive against each other and more new platforms show up, you're going to see a way more competitive marketplace. After all, five years ago, there was no Odyssey, Rumble, or BitChute for video sharing. Now they're here. I just applied to get my blue check mark on Twitter the moment that Elon Musk announced that anyone with a blue check mark would receive a cut from ad revenue in the comments section under their posts. Elon is going to pay people to post. Probably underpay us, but it's going to lead to meme competitions and take users away from other platforms. If he starts having ads embedded in videos, YouTube will have to deal with yet another competitor as they scramble to keep up with TikTok. Twitter will become everything rolled into one. There are no new eyeballs on the internet. There's just competition for the existing ones, and any industry that's competitive needs men to compete instead of cooperate with women and give them our resources and mentoring for free. As for men in the workplace, the only men women want to be allowed there are to be masculine in the top few percentage points of chance. Then they aren't seen as toxic. But every other man, if he doesn't make her tingle, then he's toxic. Trying to police so-called toxic masculinity just hurts the average Joe the most. Anyways, that's it for today. Thanks again to Mr. Anonymous for the donation and topic. Don't forget to smash the like button the way that diversity and inclusion departments of most companies are about to be smashed to smithereens. Bang the bell and check out the mystery link. Follow me on BitChute, Twitter, and Facebook to get tomorrow's video today. Subscribe to me on Minds, Odyssey, MGTOW.TV, and Rumble to get the video for the day after tomorrow. This channel's been demonetized, and if you want to help me keep making content, then please support me through Subscribestar. There's a link to it in the description. Or you can do an hour-long coaching chat with the Sandman for $45. US And I won't rush you out the door like a cheap whore. Thanks for taking your daily dose of red pills, and remember... A red pill a day keeps the women at your workplace that try and get you to do all of their work while they take credit for it away. So enjoy the rest of your day and cheers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live
live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.